This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. Here, Reggie says that direct experience is the touchstone of the Buddhist tradition and that the gateway is the body. Through disembodiment, we lose our connection with reality and therefore our humanity. This excerpt is taken from Reggie's upcoming online course called The Somatic Practice of Pure Awareness, the Tantric Style of Embodied Meditation. To register for the course, please visit dharmaocean.org. One of the keynotes of the Tantric lineages in Tibet, the esoteric uh, traditions of meditation, that give rise to the somatic practice of pure awareness is the emphasis on human experience as being the ultimate and final reference point for everything that we know and everything that we think. Of course, this emphasis goes back to the time of the Buddha when he was engaged by one of his students. And the student wanted the Buddha to give him various answers to various questions. And the Buddha replied that uh, that's not how it works. In conventional culture, we always look to the experts about everything. And even in the field of meditation, you know, people uh, look to the experts And in these uh, days of uh, profound spiritual consumerism, spiritual shopping, and spiritual materialism, often people go on the internet and see which teacher gets the most hits. And then that teacher becomes the expert for them. And the Buddha's response to the student was, you can live that way if you want to, but at that point there's no journey. And there's no awakening. In fact, there's no anything. That approach, you know, trusting, ultimately trusting anybody outside your own direct experience leads to malcontent uh, states of mind, to suffering, to confusion, to pain, and to harm of others. The Buddha spoke for the primacy of experience, what we know in the depth of our own human person to be the case not filtered through our thinking mind. So his response to this student of his was, the only way that you should ever trust anything and know anything is if you see for yourself that it's the case. And everything else is a hypothesis. 
and not to be believed blindly. This becomes a very much the theme throughout the whole history of meditation. Most of Buddhism throughout history has not been about meditation. If you're a historian of religions, you would know maybe 95, if not more, percent of what has gone on in the Buddhist world has not been about meditation. It's been about other things. But there is this small remnant, we could say, this small group of people who have carried on the practices all these many, many centuries. And the theme of the sacredness of experience, and that experience is our only resource, our only guide, our only protector, has been central to the early meditating Theravadan people and the early Mahayanas and the Chan people in Tibet, the Zen people, the Korean Zen, and Vajrayana Buddhism in Tibet, the esoteric traditions. So when we carry out our practice, as I've been saying in this uh, course, we need to arrive in our bodies and we need to arrive at a kind of knowledge that is not mediated by the thinking mind. What we know at that point is not what the mind thinks or the mind assumes. What we know in our bodies is direct naked experience. And that experience is, as William Blake said, it's limitless. It's a, a, we're touching eternity when we step out of the thinking mind. When we talk about human experience as being the touchstone of the whole tradition, this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about what we think we experience. We're talking about what we, in fact, do experience, and it happens without thought. It's self-evident. It's the knowledge of our deeper being, what we're calling our soma. So, when we are operating in modern culture, as we've talked about throughout this whole program, there are many, many forces that lead us in different directions. Uh, forces of disembodiment in this culture are very, very powerful and very seductive. The, um, the internet, as we've discussed, being the most uh, powerful of all the addictions and also the most pernicious and the least understood and in fact has captured and change the minds of all of us in various ways. That, um, that situation is our situation today. And we have to, you know, because our disembodiment in this culture is so extreme, we have to find a way back to our basic being, our somatic being, our physical body, and the arena where we experience things very nakedly. 
from my contact with indigenous traditions and also traditional religions uh, throughout the world, I know that uh, it hasn't always been like this. And the, the capacity to know in a very different way has been not only part of the human species since the beginning, but it's been actually part of our survival. If you read the, um, the book by Black Elk, Black Elk Speaks, it's actually a, a book about him, but it's a, an inter series of interviews. You can see in the book, you know, how much he relied on what his body knew. Um, you know, when he, when they were hunting buffalo in winter and blizzards and they couldn't see anything, he, you know, who had this capacity uh, to know directly, uh, very highly developed, he said, you know, I, I sensed that over the third hill there were buffalo. And the, the thing that I want to emphasize in this course, and we'll talk about it as we go along further, is that the, um, you know, what, uh, let's put it this way, we talk about the five senses, sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. And then we talk about the sixth sense, as if the sixth sense is some kind of weird sort of outlying thing that maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't, there have been TV shows about it. When we are in our body, the knowledge of the sixth sense becomes our way of knowing. It's immediate direct knowledge. It doesn't have to come through anything. And the clarity of that knowledge is much, much higher than any other way we know things. And the, uh, what we could call the veracity, the self-existing truthfulness of that somatic knowledge is infinitely far beyond what we know in any other way. We have to develop that capacity. And that's what we're doing here. We're developing, you can say, well, we're learning meditation, we're learning somatic meditation, that's true. But if you want to think about what we're actually developing, you know, if you want to be more specific, we're developing the capacity to be identified with our largest and most profound being and to view and see the world from that standpoint and to live from that standpoint. That's really what we're doing. We're developing, we could say, a different kind of human being than the human being we have been used to and we've been trained in in this culture. And we could also say that we are recovering a kind of a way of being human that's much more ancient, much more uh, closer to our human genetic system. And in fact, it is our human genetic inheritance from the very beginning. So we have a challenge in our culture to come back to ourselves. And I think that the, the tendencies that separate us and deny us our own humanity and, you know, reinforce our disconnection, they're very strong and they're very real, but they don't hold a candle to the noonday sun of our own body.
To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.